The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zochem in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Zaga ben Simcha. Dedicated today by Elisa and Ovaja Musali. Daf <laughs> Today's daf is being studied. The Elunishmat Abraham ben Esther Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Aiden Amen. Today's daf is being studied. The Elunishmat Yoshua ben Sarah. Mr. Alfred Sutton was a very, uh, very important man in our community. Uh, raised a beautiful family and had a wonderful disposition on life was a man that encouraged many people with his good words and positive uh, uh, compliments and Azat Hashem he was loved by man and that should serve him well in Ulama Emet that passed away a few days ago Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Began Aden Amen we begin on Daf Chafhe Amud Rishon and we start at the second line. Amar Rabah, Ba Ravuna, Amar Rav. Hasocher amatamayim me'erev yom tov. So there was a stream of water, uh, and me'erev yom tov, the guy sealed up the stream. What he basically did was, he didn't allow any new fish to enter the stream. So he clogged it up, me'erev yom tov. So now you just have the fish that are in the pond from before Yom Tov. You wake up in the morning, you see fish. Now the fish obviously were there from the day before, because no new fish entered. So these fish are permissible. It's permissible to go now and take them. Now here's a question. We learned yesterday, We said that you're not allowed to trap fish from the Bibarim, from the ponds, on Yom Tov. Either we said according to Rashi, because you could have done it from the day before. And therefore they don't allow you to trap. Or according to Tosafot, we said it's Domel Ksira. But the point is, how are they allowing? So the Megid Mishneh asked this question. Megid Mishneh wants to say, we're talking about over here, ponds that are very narrow. And therefore there's no, the, 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 the fish are not considered sad over here. Why is the fish considered sad, we said? Because even in the pond, they go underneath and they go around. Even though they're in an enclosed area, you got to still trap them. Here you have to say we're talking about ponds that are very narrow and therefore the fish are really considered trapped already. It's not, uh, there's no, no isur. That's the only way you can say it. Now, the hidush over here also is that uh, the fish that are in the pond are considered already prepared. <laughs> which means it seems you have to designate where you're going to eat from, from before Yom Tov. So therefore by the fact that he sealed up the pond from the day before, so it's as if he's saying that the fish that are in this pond now, I'm designating them for Yom Tov use, and therefore they're not going to be Mukseh. So he did uh, 
two things over here. Number one, he sealed it up, so now no new fish uh, go in. But by doing that, now it's like a designation to the fish that are in the pond already that he can eat them on Yom Tov. How about Hazda? So Rav Hazda says, Rabbenu, from the words of Rabbenu, who's Rabbenu? Rabbenu is Rav. Ravuna was a student of, I'm sorry, Rav Hazda was a student of Rav. So he says, from the words of Rabbenu, from the words of our Rabbi, Nenmod, I can deduce another halacha. Haya, you have an animal, Shekinina Bipardes. You had it, let's say, uh, it was living or is dwelling uh, in a Pardes, in a certain uh, orchard. Zimun. You do not need to designate it. What does it mean? That she says, Bipardes. The Pardes is a secured, enclosed area. And the animal really can't leave that area. No, you can't run away in that area. It's very easy to trap him because he's already enclosed. So you don't have to go before the holiday and say, I'm designating this animal over here for eating on Yom Tov. Which means, just like by the fish, I didn't actually designate the fish, but by closing the, the, the stream, so that's as if I want, I designated the fish, they can't go anywhere, they're stuck in that little pond over there. So it was considered designated. So the rabbi said, the Fazdaq, from here, I'll learn what's the difference between a fish or an animal. If I have an animal that's in an enclosed area, like a paradise, it can't go anywhere, so that's considered already zimun. The fact that it's, uh, you know, it's locked in its place over there, that's considered as if I designated. So that's what Afazdad deduced from the opinion of Rav. Amar of Nahman, when Av Nahman heard this, he said, Nafal havrin berabrebata. My friends have fallen into a, uh, literally a, a dispute, dispute a, a machloket, which means he's trying to say, Rav Hazda, bad analogy. says, uh, the students of Rav, my friends, my colleagues, there's a bad analogy, there's a difference between the case of the fish and the case of the, uh, the, case of the animal. And the Gemara will explain why. But before the Gemara explains the difference, the Gemara gives an Ika da Amri. Ika da Amri, others have the version like this, Amar Baravuna. Instead of Rav Hazda being the one that made the analogy, they make it Rav Huna making the analogy. Now Rav Huna also was a student of Rav. that you had it, uh, was dwelling in the Pardes, in the orchard. Again, that was the secure area. So Rav Daman said regarding Rav Huna, Nafal bar havrin which means the uh, again the student over here and my friend uh, they became he involved himself now in a uh, right actually because uh, it says nafal bar chavrina she says ravuna chavre hava metamidav shulav veraba bere kari bar chavrin because it was raba bar ravuna so raba was the son of ravuna so the son of our friend. Ravuna was a colleague of Rav Nachman, of Chazda, they were all students of Rav. So Rabab Ravuna, the son of our friend, got now involved in a, uh, in a machloket, in, in a dispute there. Why? Hatam lo ka'avid ma'aseh. Ha'cha ka'avid ma'aseh. A big difference. Which means, by the case of the fish, you did a ma'aseh. What was the ma'aseh? Right, you plugged it up the day before. When you go plug up the stream the day before, that's an action where you're designating, so to speak, the fish that are in the pond now. Now, shaking here, 
the animal was in a pardes on itself. It was in a pardes. You didn't put the animal in the pardes. It was there. So just because it's there in a secure place does not necessarily mean designation. Mm-hmm. Designation is a difference between doing a designation through a ma'aseh before you talk <laughs> or by default. So therefore what uh, Ravuna was saying, made an analogy. From the words of Rabbeinu we're going to learn. Oh, yeah, you, you, you can't learn that. There's a big difference between the, uh, the cases. So the Gemara says, Velo ba'ya. Zimun? Well, you're telling me that uh, you don't need uh, Zimun? Which means now the Gemara is asking another question. You want to tell me that what? That the animal that's in this pardes, according to Rav Hasdal, let's say, that's considered uh, designated. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? If Hasdal, you hold, you don't need a, a Zimun on such an animal? How, how can you even say such a thing? That and yeah, we have a brighter. Haya. Okay, against the Braita. So you have an animal that's in this enclosed area. Still, you need to actually go and designate it that you want to use it for Yom Tov. The Sipor Deror. Sipor Deror would be that uh, wild bird, right? That flies around. That's, you know, uh, you can't, it's very hard to trap. Right? Even if you designated it from before Yom Tov, Rashi says, Sarikh Likshor Bichnafeha. You still have to put a siman. You have to put like a, uh, a tie on its wings. So you won't mix it up with its mother. It seems that the child and the mother are very similar, even in size. So therefore it's quite possible that, you know, you designated the support, you designated it. So what, and you come the next day, so did I designate this one? Did I that one? You take the wrong one. So therefore, even if you designate the sipor deror, you have to put a siman on its wings, so you won't come to take the wrong one. Vezu edu edu aftalion. At this halacha, we have a testimony from the great Tanaim Shemayan aftalion. So what do you see over here? A chaya that's in the pardes. You actually need to go and designate it. Tiyufta. So the Gemara comes over. Yeah, that's it. That's a strong refutation. Then the Chazda cannot go against a Brayta. Or Rav Ravana cannot go against a Bifrush Brayta of the Tadaim. So therefore, first of all, your analogy to the fish case is not a good analogy. And secondly, the Brayta clearly says that the animal needs actual Zimun. It needs actual designation. So now the Gemara goes the other way. Umi Baya Zimun. Hold it. You tell me you need Zimun? I'll give you a case uh, the other way. Ve'atanya, we learned in Hebraita. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben El-Azar. Modim betshemayu betillel. Betshemayu betillel agree. Al shezminan betokhakan. Let's say the case of the, 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 the bird uh, coops that we learned earlier in the Mishnayot. You designated the birds in the, uh, in the dovecote. Right, the Shavach. Before Yom Tov, you went, you designated, there was the doves in the dove coat. You designated them, this is for uh, Yom Tov. And then when you came out on Yom Tov, you found what? That the birds were in front of the Khan. Shasurim. So we said that they are Asurim. Why? Look at Rashi. Shasurim. The case over there, we said there was two dovecotes, right? There was two uh, nests, right? The zimen etzu, velo zimen etzu. Let's say he designated the top one, and he didn't designate the bottom one. Ulmachar ba umatzab bimzumenet, 
ולא במקומן אלא בדף הפולט לפני הקן. You went, you looked at the one that you designated, there was nothing in the one that you designated. Where were the ones that you designated? They were outside. They were in front of the can. And in the other one, you found nothing. They both had birds in them before Yom Tov. In the one that you designated, the birds were outside. And the one that you didn't designate, the birds were there. You didn't find anything in the other one. So what do you say? I say the ones that were not designated, they flew out of their nest, and they went upstairs to the other one, and they're standing in front of the other one. If it's not, designated. So therefore, everybody agrees in that case, if you come to that scenario, that the birds are going to be asur. Now when was this said? That's doves of shovach. Uh, that's the doves of the dovecoat. That's normal doves. Yone aliyah are the birds that fly, let's say, on the uh, buildings, on the high place, on the walls, etc. Those are the birds we said yesterday that they used to put like little vessels on top of the walls. And the uh, birds would sit on these vessels. So they call them sipurim shekenenu batapechim. The birds that uh, nested in the, uh, in the jugs. Okay? Ubebira. Also Ubebira. The birds that are on the high buildings. Aval. Avazim v'tanegolim. Avazim are geese. Tanegolim would be uh, chickens. Viyone hadrasiot. That we said either is the name of a place or we said hurdos. The king had certain type of uh, birds. The haya is the key. And a haya shikinena be pardes, or an animal that you had housed in a pardes, in an enclosed area. Mutarin ve'en sirichin zimun. Beferuz braita, that these type of items, these type of birds, or these type of uh, animals, they don't need zimun. And the governor goes further. Vesipor deror. And regarding that wild bird, uh, right? you have to designate it before Yom Tov, and you have to put a sign on its uh, wings, meaning like tired. So you don't mix it up with its uh, mother. Now the birds, that let's say you put the siman on it. Now let's say you, there's another way of designating. You take the bird and you actually handle it before Yom Tov. You pick it up, you shake it, and that's your designation. Whether you do it in the borot, is the pits, in the houses, the shi'in is a type of ditches on the ground, or ma'arot is the caves. Mutarim. So long as you designated them before you, told doesn't matter where they are, it's going to be permissible. However, if you designated these birds, but they happen to be in the trees, you're not going to be able to go get them from the trees on Yom Tov. Why? Because we're worried that the my guy climb up the tree, and where's the one that gets on the tree? He's going to pull a fruit. He's going to pull off a branch. So therefore, while designation is necessary by these birds, however, if they're going to, it's only in the house or in an area where they are accessible. But if they're in the tree, it's a problem. Why? What's the problem? We don't want you to climb up a tree on Yom Tov. We continue the Brayta. It's a long Brayta. Vamikusharim. Furthermore, the ones that are tied, let's say, you made a siman on the wings. Or let's say there's a bird where you know this guy before Yom Tov, he picked it up, he designated it. 
Another guy cannot take these birds. You come on Yom Tov, you see a bird that has a, a, a tie on the wing. And you see, and nobody's around over. You know what? I'm going to take this for Yom Tov. Hey, that's Gezim. Even, even on the weekday. Because bottom line, when you see there's a, a tie on the guy, on the animal's wings, on the bird's wings, that means somebody owns this. Or the same thing, you, you saw somebody before uh, Yom Tov make Ni'anuwa on a certain bird. Now when he makes Ni'anuwa, he owns it. So even if the bird was scared, the Ni'anuwa is acquisition, makes it his. And therefore, you can't come along and say, well, nobody's around today. Uh, the guy made Ni'anuwa yesterday, I'm taking No, 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 no. Any bird that Ni'anuwa was made to it, or has a siman on it, anybody that takes is going to be Gezim. Alright, now let's go back to uh, the, uh, the question. The question is, in this long b'raita that we just quoted, one of the statements was, an uh, animal that's in a pardes, an orchard, does not need zimun. Well, make up your mind, we just, we just did another b'raita from the name of Shemayan Aftalyon, that clearly said that a haya in a pardes, that's uh, protected, has to have a zimun. So how do you answer this over here? So Amar of Nachman, Rav Nachman comes along and says, La kashya. No question, we can answer the stira. Ha ba, ha be'ima. One's talking about the animal itself, and one is talking about its mother, Rashi. Ba. Bevalad inosirik zimun. On the child, the young animal, you don't need designation. Why not? Once it's in this pardes, it's locked in. It cannot run away. Your mind is on it before you. It's automatic. You know, where is this animal going over here? First wide line. Why? Because the mother is able to escape. And therefore, we want to make a haluk. They were also the mother haya. However, this brighter that says uh, the animal that's in the area, the, the private uh, closed area, doesn't need zimun. That's talking about what? Ba! The, the kid itself. The kid itself is small and therefore is, is protected. Good? That's the hiduk. So comes the Gemara and says, Ima bizimun sagila. Hold it. Smash, brother. What do you got to do to the mother? What do you got to do to the mother is designate. Right? You have to say before Yom Tov. This animal over here, I'm going to designate it. It's not mukseh. I want to eat. What are you talking about? Seda me'aliyuta ba'ya. What are you talking about? Getting that mother is going to be involved in trapping, which means zimun's not going to be enough for, for the for the mother. This this mother now needs since it's, since it can escape, right? So therefore, what zimun's going to help you over here? I made zimun. ani ochen ta'aya ze machar. Now tomorrow comes, you still got to trap it. So therefore you didn't, uh, you didn't solve anything. It's the heavy suit over here. So the, by the mother at least, because the mother can escape. So therefore what kind of things that you need, uh, you need the moon. The child, it's, 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 it's trapped already. It can't go anywhere. So comes the Gemara and says, Ela Amar of Really you say, you know what? Both brides are talking about the child. Sometimes the child <laughs> needs zimun, sometimes the child doesn't need zimun. Why? And it depends where this pardes is, where this garden is. If the garden is close to the city, it's one halakha. If it's not close to the city, it's not halakha. What's the difference? Nashi. Bedida, bevalad. When the animal is close to the city, 
so you know about it. It's next to the city. Where are we my, my, my mind is on the animals that are close to the city. Is there a seda problem? No, it's a small animal. It can't go nowhere. However, what if the bright has said clearly that they have an animal that's in a gina, you have to designate it. That's not how it's not close to the city. When it's not close to the city, your mind is not on these animals. It's, it's uh, all the way far away, let's say. But it's within the home, let's say, because you have to get to it. But the point is, it's uh, far away. So if you keep before you, I'm told you're thinking about this uh, animal that's far away. No, the far away ones, then already you have to make a zimun. But if it's close to the city, you assume uh, that the guy wants it. If it's close to the city, that was why it's automatically on. So that's basically the hiluk. It's not a problem, because it's a small animal and it really cannot escape. What's the issue? You need to make zimun. Just like the we said by the birds, you have to make zimun. So you have to make zimun by the animal. So all we're making a haluk is, where is the enclosed area? Is it close to the city? That's already mutar, even beli zimun. Far from the city, you would have to make a zimun. That's the gemara's answer. Okay. Comes the Gemara now and continues. Next Mishnah. Behema misukenet. What's a behema misukenet? You have an animal that is in danger of dying. It's ill. Now the problem is Shemtov. If you let it die, you lost an animal now. Because once it dies, it's a it's a nevela. An animal is only kasher to eat if you make shaita. So the, the problem was now you ate already on Yom Tov. You ate already, so now you really can't justify slaughtering this animal. There's no, there's no purpose. But you have over here said Namun. So the Mishnah says Lo Yishchot. Cannot allow you to slaughter this animal on Yom Tov, which means if it was before you ate, there's no Sheila. Slaughter the animal immediately. So you save the animal and you go eat it. Slaughter Yom Tov, no problem. However, Ela Imken Yeshaud Bayom Leechol Memena Kezayit Sali. If there's enough time on Yom Tov Day itself for you to slaughter the animal, take at least a kezayit of meat and roast it, which means make it edible, this will already justify you to slaughter the animal. The Gemara chooses roasting because roasting is faster than cooking. To cook something, first of all you have to salt it, and then you have to put it in the pot, and then you start roasting, you don't even have to salt it. You just put a little salt on it, put it right on the fire. So the Gabra is saying, which is even if you just have enough time on Yom Tov to get a kezai, it's worth it to meat. Yeah, you got it. And you eat it. And you eat it. Which is the kezayit is already uh, 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 enough to justify the slaughtering of the entire animal. Comes the Gemara and Mishnah continues. Rabbi Akiva Omer, Afilu Kezayit Hai Mebet Tevihata. Rabbi Akiva is more lenient. He says, you know what? Even if there's enough time to slaughter, and take a piece of meat and eat it raw. In the old days, they would eat umsa. Umsa is raw meat, and it's mutar. Right? You just clean the blood from the outside of it, and you, you chew on it. And he says, is also from the place where you cut. You see, so you don't even have to skin the animal. Because skinning the animal takes time. Which is, if there's enough time of slaughtering this animal, and where the incision was, of the bit to be hata, where you slaughter, you can just pull a piece of meat out of it, clean it up and eat it raw, that's already a justification that they'll allow you to slaughter the animal on Yom Tov itself. So it's a mahalok between Tanaka. Tanaka says, raw... It's not normal derech to eat raw. That's why it doesn't. That's not enough justification. You have to have enough time at least to eat it in the normal fashion, which is sleep, which would be roasted. Whatever Akiva says, no, even raw meat, 
would be permissible. Let's read Rashi. First wide line. Behemah mesukenet. Shehu yareh shetamut. Now he's worried that the animal is going to die. Ve'enot sarikhla. But he really doesn't need it. Why? Shekevar sa'ad sa'udato. Already he, he ate. Ela mahbat hefsedo shohet. But he's worried about the hefsed. He doesn't want to lose the animal. Lo yishkot ela ken yodaya. Sheyeshahud beyom lechot kezayit sli hemenu. The reason why Nabi Akiva chooses because again, that's the quickest part of the animal we can get the meat from. Because it's already skinned. Where you're cutting, you're making stick in, why didn't you get the, you don't have to, you don't get to skin the animal. Okay, next part of the Mishnah. Let's say you slaughtered an animal in the field. Mutar on Yom Tov. Lo yiviena bemot ubmotaf. Now you got to transport the animal back to the uh, back to the house. Mot and mota are different apparatus like poles that we used to carry the animal. So the Mishnah is saying you cannot uh, carry it in such a way with the poles. You want to carry it with your hands, you know, part of the animal, limbs by limb. That's mutar. What's the reason why they don't want you to use the poles? Because carrying on Yom Tov is mutar. So what's the reason? Take the poles, put the animal on the poles and carry it in. So that she says, B'shneh b'nei Adam, using two people, Mishum da'av shamiltahi. It makes a little commotion by, you know, two people carrying the animal, umizalzel b'yom Tov. She now becomes a, a zilzul on Yom Tov. Can they, when you're doing something like that with two people and you're carrying with poles, that's already not in the spirit of Yom Tov. Want to carry the meat? Carry the meat. Carry it in a, in a regular fashion, meaning not such a discreet. Yeah, do it in a more discreet manner. Don't do it in such a you know a, you know a public way. Even there's two people, so therefore do not carry it. Bemot or mota. That's the second din in the Mishnah. Okay, now we go to the Gemara. It's like of din dechol. It's like it's like a weekday. Amar Rami Bar Abba. Rami Bar Abba says the following. And we know when it comes to the Qurban Ola. Ola goes all on the Mizbayah. Now what do you think? You just slaughtered the animal, you throw the whole animal on the Mizbayah? Of course not. Before you have to skin it. You have to stick one of the skin off the, the hide off the animal. And then also you have to make Nituah. You don't just put it up, uh, you know, a whole uh, live animal, not live animal, a whole uh, complete animal in the skin. You have to cut it up into pieces and put it on the Mizbah. That's clearly Pasuk in the Torah. V'efshit oto, v'efshit et ha'ola, v'nita oto, l'mtahayha. V'uadin l'kasabin. The same thing when it comes to butchers. Which means a butcher, when he's going to sell meat, uh, the rabbi's telling you over here, Ami bar Abba, when you go sell the meat, you don't just sell the meat, uh, you know, uh, slaughter the animal and then sell with the hide on it. No, 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 no. You got to take the hide off the animal. You got to cut the meat. That's the way the butchers are supposed to uh, sell it. Mikan, from here. Lemeda Torah derich eretz. The Torah is teaching you ethics. Shelo yochal basar kodem hefshet. Shelo yochal adam basar kodem hefshet v'nituah. Person should not eat meat until they actually skin the animal. Okay? Now let's look at the uh, Rashi. Hefshet v'nituah. Perusha katu be'olah shi'achilat gavoah. 
which is when you put it in God's mezbeah, which is akirat gavawa, you need to make skinning and cutting the meat. Huadin yeshua le katsavim bachilat hediot. So too, even if it's not kurban, if it's personally eating, terecheretz. You don't eat a piece of meat, you just you know cut a piece of meat until you skin the entire animal and you cut it into pieces. That's the proper dedicated. So the Gemara says, What is exactly the Hadush in Rami Bar Abbas Hadush if they have to skin the animal? Well, look at Rashi. Rashi gives us the two options what Rami Bar Abbas could have been coming to teach us here. See Rashi? Fourth line. Derech uh, Eretz. He's just teaching us ethics. Don't don't be a glutton. No, no, don't eat uh, the meat until you finish uh, skinning the animal. Or isur, or maybe he's coming to tell you isur. Ulmemad the asur leechol mimena adchiyinatchena shema yimsala siman terefa baseter. Which means you know why you got to skin the animal and cut it up? Because you got to inspect the animal. Maybe there's going to be a tarfiyot tar- tar- on there. Maybe over there, you don't skin the animal. You know what's going on inside the internal organs. And maybe you have to say hazaka until you know you got to treat this isur. And therefore, maybe the rabbi was not just coming to tell you ethics. Hey, don't be a boy. No, no, don't eat uh, you know, until you skin the animal. No, he's telling you don't eat until you skin the animal. You could be eating taref. Because uh, how do you know what's going on in the internal organs? Until you skin the animal and cut up the piece, you don't know what's going on in the liver, in the stomach, and all the uh, internal organs. So could be he's coming and tell you halakha. That until you know, you have to treat the animal as safik. Taref. And safik taref is going to be asur. So we want to know the extent of what Rabbi Baraba was coming to tell you. So comes the Gemara and says, Maybe we're just coming to tell me a halakha to the exclusion of what Ravuna taught. Well, what did Ravuna say? Ravuna said, Ravuna is a very interesting halakha when it comes to animals. An animal, when it's alive, it's pehizkat isur. Its status is isur. Why? Because an animal that's alive is even minachai. Are you allowed to eat an animal when it's alive? Of course not. You, you rip a, a limb off a live animal, it's isur. So therefore, the hazaka of an animal when it's alive, the status of an animal as long as it's alive is isur. When does that status of Isud go off until you know for a fact that it was slaughtered with the proper sakin of shaitan and it was slaughtered the correct way. Once it's slaughtered the correct way, the hazaka reverses now. Hazaka says once an animal is slaughtered, you could assume that what? It's kishera until you find a terefa. But until you find a terefa, we assume rov demot are not tarfiyot. And therefore you could put it on a hazaka and say it's okay. Now, of course, if a person would have a, uh, uh, a safik, so then already he ruins his hazaka. But until he has a safik, the hazaka is what? That it is kasher. That's Lavuna's statement. Let's read that in Nashi. It's four lines on the bottom. Now, pukem with Ravuna, damar bema behaya behaskat isur. Even menachai. An animal's alive, it's even menachai. Omid venafkamina, shimila safik vishhitata. Nafkamina, let's say uh, you had a safik in the shahita of this animal. Right? You had an animal that was biskat hai. Biskat hai is asur. 
Now you scored it, and the Hakamim had a question. Right? Was this Shaitagur or not? Na'amidina or Hizkatav Asura? So if I have a Safiq in this Shaita, I say, well, the Hazakat till now was what? It's Asur. Until I know you did a good Shaita, it remains Isur. Aachi vadalika barur shinishhita kara'ui. Now we go the other way. What's already is it correctly? Why? Look, look how much so. Now let's say you found a puncture in the lungs of the animal. Or in the intestines. I can say, you know what? It happened after Shaita. Maybe the puncture happened after Shaita. I can either say what? She's giving me my options. Either I can say it happened after Shaita and it's Kashir. Or I can say it happened before Shaita and therefore it's going to be Asur. So you know what Abuna says? Hamidena al Haskata Shaita Bakodim Shinimsaba Safek Veze Umuterit. Achi Vadalika. Um, which means, right now after the shaita, what's the hazaka of the animal? Kotravuna kishira. Good. Now I find a, 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 a puncture in the lungs. I don't know when did this puncture happen. Did it happen now? Or did it happen before? Since my hazaka, when I found the puncture, I found it after the shaita, and right now I have a safik. So what? I put on the hazaka and I say what? The animal is kashir, and I'll say it happened after the shaita. So that's Ravuna's deen. Oh, so maybe that's what Rabbi Baraba was coming to tell you. Maybe Rabbi Baraba was coming to tell you, no, 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 no. There's no hazaka. When you slaughter an animal, butcher, make sure before you sell it to the market, you skin it and you cut it. You know why? To the exclusion of Ravuna. Because we don't have hazaka on these animals. You gotta go check it out to make sure that it's not done. Maybe that's what he was coming to tell you a halakhic ruling stringency to the exclusion of Ravuna. Whereas Ravuna said, once you slaughter it, you don't gotta even check. Go eat. Uh, and as long as you know the shaita was done, good and not, nothing, uh, you know, no, no problems arose, no problem. And that's what Rabbi Rababa was coming to tell you. No, just like by the Qurban Ola, you got to skin it and cut it. By the butchers also, you got to skin it and cut it. If that's what you want to tell me, the Gemara says, can't be. Why? We have a Mishnah, Matnitin Kedravuna. We have a Bifirush Mishnah like Ravuna. Ditnan, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Afilu Kezayet Hai Mibet Tevihata. What do we learn in our Mishnah? You're slaughtering an animal on Yom Tov, right? You ate already. You have to justify the slaughtering. So what did the Akiva say? So long as you can eat a kezayit of basar raw from bed to be hata, from the place where you slaughtered it. My love, me bed to be hata mamash. Bed to be hata is the neck. Or the, the, yeah, the neck where you slaughtered. And did you skin the animal? No. So you see clearly the Mishnah is telling you, you don't have to skin the animal. You could assume that the animal is kasher. So therefore, you have a beferush mishnah. Now, Rami Barma, can I go against the mishnah? So therefore, for sure, he subscribes to Rabbanah's opinion. That what? You assume that there is a hazaka. So comes the Gemara. And what's the proof of the Gemara? For Rabbi Akiva. Okay, according to Rabbi Akiva, you're skinning the animal? No. No, didn't he say beferush mishnah? Betri Atas from where you stored, the rest of the animal is not skinned. Kibra says, Lo, 
עשה פשט, ממקום שטובחת אכילתה. You know what בית וחייתה means? Not the neck where you slaughtered it from. From the place that the food is broken down. What's that? The stomach. Which means, you, so long as you have enough time to skin the animal and get a kezayit of meat from the grinder of the animal. What's the grinder of the animal? The stomach. So therefore I can learn the Mishnah, well you got to skin the animal. So therefore there's no proof for Rabbi Nathara Mishnah. Also, now we're back to our question. You said butchers should skin the animal and cut it first. Is it halachic? Against Ravuna, because you want to know about the Tarfiyot, or is it ethical? It's just the meaning of Terechir. That's what we want to know what the Bibarabha was coming to tell us, yeah? Mm. So comes the Gemara and says, What are you talking? Va'atani Rabbi Hiya, Makom Tabi Hatam Mamash. Don't learn the Mishnah like you just said, that Bit Tabi Hatam means the stomach from the place where we have a Bifirush Brighter from Rav Hiya. That learned our Mishnah is Bet Tabiha Mamash. Which means what? You don't have to skin the animal for halachic purposes. You go right, you slaughter, you assume that the animal is kasher, like Ravuna, has, has got uh, kashrut. So therefore, the only way you can explain Amibar Abba has to be a derechir inside him. Halachically, you want to eat a piece of the animal when the rest of the animal is, 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 is not skinned? Okay. Luckily, no problem. That's why the Rabbah comes along and says, Just like you skin the Ola, you have to skin the animal. So the Gemara says, Ela Rami Barabah, Don't be a glutton. A guy coming over here eating the animal. Patience. Wait till they skin the animal. Wait till they cut the pieces of meat up over here. What are you, what are you you're rushing over here? Look like a raftan. Like a, like, a, like, a, like a gluttonous guy. Like it says in the Braita. Similar item. A person should not eat garlic or onions from the head of the garlic or the onion. You should eat it from the uh, leaves, where the leaves grow from the ground. That is it. If you didn't eat it that way, you're a glutton. Which means, when you're eating from the top of the onion, there's still leaves on the bottom over there. Hey, you can't, you can't even wait to take the leaves off? You're eating it already from the top? Ella, start from the leaves, start from the bottom, take the leaves off, start eating it from the, the, the normal way. When a guy eats the onion, when the leaves are still on, the green is still on from the ground, that already is enough done. So don't eat it from the top, eat it from the bottom. It's not the, not the proper way to eat. So the Gemara says, Similarly, we have another halakha. A person's coming to, to drink. Right? You don't guzzle the drink in one shot. You don't just go, uh, one shot, you, you drink the whole thing. That's a, you're, a, you're a guzzler. You're drinking in one shot, this is gargeran. So you're, it's not uh, respectful. It's like you're also a gluttonous type of uh, person. We have a blighter. A guy drinks the course in one shot. This is gluttonous behavior. It's not the derich eretz. But if you drink it in two shots, that's already derich eretz. That's already normal. 
Already, guys are sipper. You know, he drinks uh, water. <laughs> that's arrogance already. Relax. That's already you're trying to you know, show you. you know, that's already arrogance. So there's always a way to drink. There's a normal way to drink. Ve'amar Rami Bar Abba. Rami Bar Abba comes and tells us Hadushim over here. Hasuba mekateya aragleon drishia. There's a certain herb. It's called the hasuba. The hasuba is uh, special in the sense that they used to use it as markers for fields. Galat has a field next to his front. Okay? So he wants to make a, a natural border. So what would they would do? They would plant the herb called hasuba. Hasuba, what it does is it grows straight under the ground and does not spread out its roots. And therefore... It's very good to make a border out of it. Yoshua Benun, for example, when he divided the land of Israel, he used the Hatsuba herb to make natural markers. Of course, now when a guy wants to know where's my field, where's, where's your field, you just go where the Hatsuba is. It just goes straight in the ground. Another type of item, you're not going to be able to take because the, 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 the roots spread out. They say, is this mine or is this yours? So the Gemara says, the Hatsuba is going to be a incrimination Against the Rishayim. It's going to break the legs of the Rishayim. Why? Because what do the Rishayim do? The Rishayim in their lives, they steal. They always encroach upon their neighbor's property. They try to take uh, something that doesn't belong to them. So the Atid Lavo, God's going to use the Hatsuba to incriminate the legs of the Rishayim. As if to say, God's going to tell the Rishayim, you're worse than the Hatsuba. This herb over here, it doesn't encroach. It goes straight down. It doesn't go to the right. It doesn't go to the left. And you people, you're worse than the Hatsuba. You came along and you're taking a, a, a property that doesn't belong to you? So the Gemara is giving Musar. Hatsuba mekateya reglehon drishiah. The Hatsuba is going to break the legs of the Rishayim. Let's read that inside the Rishi. Fourth line. Esif, type of herb. Shesharashav nukbim v'yurdim be'omik. Its roots penetrate straight down into the ground. Ve'en mitpashit nistadim klal. Right? It doesn't spread to the sides at all. And they would use it as a, a border marker between fields. Yoshua Benun used this herb to divide up the land of Israel. On the day of judgment. You should have learned from the Hasuba. The Hasuba knows not to encroach. And you are worse than the Hasuba. Next case. Niti'a. is the law of um, Orla. You have a tree. Right? So the first three years, the Torah says, you're not allowed to eat the fruit. The fruit are considered Orla. It's off limits. So the Gibra says, the law of Orla, It's going to break the legs of the butchers and of the ones that go with Nidot. How? Because Rashi, You got to wait three years. Right? These guys. The Katsabim, they want to eat the meat before they actually skinned. Mm-hmm. Now, even though we learned above, according to the strict halakha, 
it's okay. You have hazaka. But you know what? You cannot be considered totally anus if you didn't skin the animal. You're considered really hotly guilty. We call the guy that you're a shogig. Which means, halakhically, uh, you could run hazaka. But you know what? Skin the animal. Just uh, just to cover yourself. So therefore, the Gemara says, if the Torah is telling you you got to wait three years for, an, for a fruit to become permissible, so you could have waited a couple extra minutes, Mr. Butcher, and skin the animal, just to be on the safe side. Okay? Yes, how long does he have to wait? He has to wait a couple of days so the lady goes to the mikveh. So you couldn't wait uh, a couple of days so she went to the mikveh. So the Torah is going to come along and say, the law of Orla, the law of the Nitiot, is going to break the legs of these people over here. Because the law of Orla, you got to wait three years. So three years you have to have patience. He couldn't have patience to skin the animal. He couldn't have patience until the lady goes to the mikveh. So that's going to be the incriminator against those people. Turmusa, the Turmus, Turmos is that legume, that bean, that we said is a very hard bean. And in order to soften it, it's very bitter as well. You have to cook it seven times in order to soften it up and to make it sweet. So the Gemara says, Turmosa, Mekatea, Ragleon, Desaneon, Chilisrael. Hasbashlom is going to break the legs of the enemies of Israel. Who's the enemies of Israel? Meaning, Bene Israel. It's an euphemism. Shene'emar. The Pasuk says, Vayosifu b'nei Yisrael la'asot hara' b'nei Hashem. This is in the times of the uh, Shofetim. The Jewish people continued to do bad in the eyes of God, meaning they worshipped Abu Dazara. Vayavdu, now let's count it. Et Abi'alim, Tashtarot, Et Elohe Aram, Et Elohe Sidon, Et Elohe Moav, Et Elohe b'nei Amon, Et Elohe Pinishtim. Seven Abu Dazaras. And still what? And they still left God and they did not serve Him. So the government if they left God, obviously they didn't serve Him. Even worse than the Turmus. Cook it seven times. Lo asauni, which means the first explanation to give us is right, that the turmus is going to incriminate. Why? Because all right, the turmus after seven times it becomes good. Jewish people, you're worse than the turmus. Seven times you worship Abu Dazara and you're still bad. So the turmus is going to even a turmus which is a bitter item which is unedible. You roast it or you cook it seven times, it becomes good. But then the Gemara gives a different derasha. The Gemara says God says. Uh, to the Jewish people that what? you treated me as if as if like God is a turmus which means what? Uh, just like the uh, uh, the turmus uh, a person you work worse than a turmus a person doesn't eat the turmus alone normally the turmus you eat it you eat it with something you don't eat the bean uh, alone so uh, the Gemara is saying like this you made me worse than a turmus why? Because when they were worshipping Abu Dazara, they weren't even worshipping Abu Dazara b'shituf. They weren't even doing it with, you know, believing in God plus. They worshipped Abu Dazara solely. So God as if says, now did you worship Abu Dazara? 
You left me, which means you made me even worse than the tumma. The tumma was the fa'od. He rose to seven times, but he did it with something. Here, you worship Abu Dazra seven times, but you didn't even do it with shituf. That's what Baharach explains. So, therefore, the first explanation is that the Jews are compared to the tumma, and the second explanation is kibyachul. They made God. Like the first explanation is you're worse than the turmos. The turmos after seven times, it gets edible. You you did that was seven times, it's still your bed. The second explanation, God says, or worse than the turmos. The turmos after seven times, what you eat it with with something. Here they worship the Abu Dazara, they did it alone. They didn't even serve me at all. Khanzagiran says Tana Mishemid Rabimiir. We have a bright on the name of Rabbi Meir. Why did God give the Torah to Bnei Yisrael? So Gemara says, Because the Jews are brazen. Rashi, If we didn't have the Torah, the brazenness of the Jews would... Be out of control. So the Torah is a uh, is a pacifying agent. It's a it's a, it's a calming agent. So therefore, Amisel is a very powerful nation. So you need a Torah to to calm them, to tame them. So that's what the Torah is giving. Because otherwise, Bnei says Azim. Tana debe Rabbi Shmuel. We have a bright name, Rabbi Shmuel. Mimino Ejdat Lamo. It says from God's right hand, Kaviachol Mimino. Ejdat, a fiery law, Lamo, he gave to the Jewish people. The Torah is considered a fiery law. Ejdat. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu. Re'uyim alalu shetinatin lahem dat ish. Yeah, the Jewish people are worthy for receiving what? Dat ish. A fiery law. Why? Again, because since the Jewish people are uh, like fire, because they have the azut. I'd have that uh, brazenness. So therefore, yeah, the, 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 give the fiery law to the people that are strong, have the power like the fire. Strong willed. Strong willed, exactly. Which means they'll be able to follow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to observe the, the law, they'll be able to pass the test. That's their nature. They are, they're stubborn, they have a, a, a tenacity. And therefore, the, the, right, that the Torah, which is fire, be given to those that have the, uh, the fiery uh, nature. Right? The Torah of the Jewish nation is fire. If the Torah was not given to the Jewish people, nobody would be able to stand in front of the Jewish people. It seems that again, like we said, the Jewish people are azim. And therefore, the azut of the Jewish people, they would be able to destroy the entire world. So God has to give them the Torah. The Torah, again, brings them, brings them down. It makes them, it pacifies them. It subdues them uh, a bit. But if they didn't have the Torah, the hazim, the Jewish people, the no nation would be able to stand in front, which is from the, from the strength of them. Because they, they, the azut would come out. So the Torah is like a, like you said, a pacifying agent. Humbles them, subjugates them. The Bishwam Menakish taught the following. Gimel Azinin. There are three things that are Az. 
Yisrael Ba'umot. Israel is the brazen nation amongst the Umot. Kelev Bahayot. The dog is the brazen uh, in the uh, animals. Tanegol Ba'ofot. And the chicken in the birds. Ve'yeshomrim. Af'ez Ba'behema. The goat in the animals. The ka, in the, uh, the small animals. Ve'yeshomrim. Af'slaf Bi'ilanot. The slaf tree. Uh, we learned the Masikat Berachot uh, about the slaf tree, the caper bush. Uh, why is it an az? I guess I got a tree be az. So the Tosafot, so that she says, Lo yadana my azuta. And she says, I don't know how a tree uh, can be uh, brazen. So the Tosafot comes along and says, Because it makes three pirot. No other tree makes so much edib- edible uh, parts to it. We said you have the Evionot, the Kafrisin, the Alid. There was a brazen tree. Everything about the tree, edible. it's edible. But say, another tree, yeah, you have an orange, the rest of the tree is not edible. An apple, the same thing. But it's a brazen tree. It produces all things that are edible. Or Tosfot gives another interpretation. We said what? That when they used to make the Ketorah, they used to take the Sipurin. Sipurin was one of the spices. So they wanted to make the Sipurin... Uh, Tough, they wanted to make it strong. So what did they do? They would take Yenka Frisin. Yenka Frisin Uma'uba. What's the purpose of taking Yenka Frisin? What's Yenka Frisin? They would take the Kafrisin from the Slav tree. They would soak it in wine. Now we have Yenka Frisin. And they would take the uh, support and put it in the Yenka Frisin to make it strong. So then they call the caper bush Az. Why? Because it makes the sipor in Az. It makes it strong. That's an alternate explanation of Tosfot. The caper bush is considered Az. Shebe... Ilanot. We continue. Shahata basadeh lo yivienna bamot. What we learn in the Mishnah? If you slaughter the animal, do not bring it to the town with the poles. Why? Because we said zilzul yom tov. Avsha bilta. It's too... Uh, too much commotion. A blind man that usually walks with a stick. Uh, now, we're talking about a blind man that can do without the stick. If he needs the stick, but I can use it on him too. We're talking about he really doesn't need it. Nor should a shepherd go out on Yom Tov with his knapsack. He usually has a knapsack around his back. Why? Because again, these items are of din dehol. These are weekday items, and therefore it takes away from the uh, kavod of Yom Tov. In the olden days, they used to take some people in the chair. They used to put them in a the chair, and they used to carry the chair in the street, and they used to carry them. You don't go out uh, in the chair, you know, this was a kavod item, that's not uh, for Yom Tov. Whether it's a man or whether it's a lady, she says, They don't carry people in the chair. We have a contradiction. Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi sent the following. He said the story. There was an old man that was living in our neighborhood. And on Yom Tov, he would go out in his folding chair. He had a chair and they would carry him in the chair. So they asked Rabbi Yosho, they said, is this uh, permissible? And he said, Listen, if he's a Tamid Hakam, and he needs to go to the Bet Midrash, and yeah, they need him, uh, you know, for his uh, rulings or whatever it is, Mutar. And the rabbis relied on the opinion of Ahishakya, it's a rabbi, the Amar, Ana Afikteh Ravuna. 
I carried Ravuna on the chair, from the city of Hineh to Shileh, we're close to each other, and back. I carried Moshimuel in the chair, from the sun to the shade, so you see what? You can't carry in the seat. So what do you tell me? No, you can't carry in the seat. All these rabbis did it. Come on, what do you mean? We explained why. Hatam amar ta'ama Only in a case where the rabim is sarikh to the guy. If the guy is a necessary guy, a ashuf rabbi, whatever, the sibu needs him, then already, it seems it's faster. You can carry him in the chair and get him to the, to the bit midrash of the shul. But stam. Just for kavod purposes to carry the chair, that already they said is not uh, proper to be done on Yom Tov. So there's a difference who they're carrying and why they're carrying him. Mm-hmm. The rabbi's name was Hamab bar Adda. But they nicknamed him Shaliyah Siyon. The one that always would go to Yerushalayim. It seems Hamab bar Adda was always going to Yerushalayim from Babel. So they called him the one is the messenger of Zion. So, Ram Nachman tells him, listen, I know you're going to Israel soon. When you go to Yerushalayim, next time you go to Eris Israel, when you go up, Akif Vizil Asulmad Desur. Do me a favor, go out of your way for a second. I want you to go to Tsur Heights, that area called the Salmad Desur. Go around it. Even though it might be out of your way, because there's a certain rabbi over there, and I want you to ask him a question. Go to Rabbi Yaakov Bar-Idi, ask him the following question. Ask him the question about the, 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 the chair. Can you carry a person on the chair on Yom Tov? I know you're going out of your way, but instead of going straight up to that Sulmad Ditsud, go around Sulmad Ditsud, Rabbi Yaakov bar is over there. Ask him the question about the chair. Yeah? Mm-hmm. By the time he got there, mm-hmm. Rabbi Yaakob Ar-Idi was dead already. So he couldn't ask him. But when he got there, when he went up, he found another rabbi. What do you rabbis hold with the, uh, the kisei on Yom Tov? You can use the chair. As long as you don't carry the person through the process of kituf. So the Gebra says, My katef. What does Alunki. Alunki seems, the way that she says is, what they would do is, you would have two guys walking. One guy would put his hand on his friend's shoulder. And the other guy would put his hand on his friend's shoulder as well. So now they have like a, a pole. Right? Their hands become like a, a pole. And they would put the chair on their hands, and they would put the person sitting in the chair, they would carry him like that. That already uh, you shouldn't carry in such a uh, fashion. That's called alunki. That she says, She says, It seems that was the way they would normally carry people in the, during the week. Normally when you would carry somebody to a far distance, you would carry him in that way. So it looks like you're traveling him to a, a far place. The other normal way was Ben Yedem, they just carry him uh, between uh, the hands. So again, this Alunki system would give the impression that you're taking him to a, a far place. Where are you going on Yom Tov so far? So therefore, now, again, so now we have two rules here. 
Number one, the only dispensation for the chair is got to be Adam Hashuv Shishrikim lo. And number two, he's got to be in a way where it's done uh, in not the weekday manner. So comes Gebran says, Ini, what are you talking about? We have a question. That of Nachman, Shara la Yalta. Yalta was of Nachman's wife. He allowed his wife, to go out Balunki, which is the carrier on the street. In the Aluki manner, they, they, they put their arms on their arms to make a, a pole like of their hands. They put the chair uh, on it and they carried her. It was a Shani Yalta Debi'ita. She was scared. She was afraid. If you're going to carry her in a different manner, she's scared. It's unstable. So they were lenient. Comes to Tosafur and says, hold it. You just told me you can only carry somebody that's Sirikha al Sibur. Well, who's Yalta? Yalta's Tamit Hakam. She's Sirikha al Sibur. So Tosafur says, yes. She was the daughter of the Resh Galut. Oh. Yata was the daughter of the Exalat of Babel. And therefore could be people needed her for questions, for influence, and so on and so forth. So therefore she was considered Sirikha al-Sibur. The Idush was that not only did they allow her to carry her, but they allowed her to carry her in the normal fashion because she was scared. The Gemara concludes, Amemor, Umor Zutra, Mechatfe lehu b'Shabbeta d'Regla. And they used to have Shabbat Regen, the holiday. On Shabbat, they would come to the shul. <coughs> the shul was in the shul to Yahid, so there was no problem of carrying. But they needed to get the rabbis from the back of the shul to the front. So what did they do? It says, They would make kituf, which means they would carry them on this chair with the shoulders in the normal fashion. So there's no problem because they would say, that the people need them because of their teaching Torah. But what do you mean? I told you not allowed to carry them in the normal fashion. So the Gemara says, Mishum bi'ituta. Number one, because they were scared. It seems when the Sibur walked in, when the rabbis walked in, the whole Sibur stood up. So they had the, you know, it's frightful. You see all the Sibur in front of you. So they were scared they might fall out of the chair. So they allowed them to be carried on the chair in the normal fashion. Second interpretation, because of the Torah Sibur, which means like this. It's much faster to carry somebody when their arms are locked and to put the chair on the arm and carry, as opposed to carrying it, you know, between your hands. So therefore, they made a dispensation, not because they were necessarily scared, but it would be quicker to move the rabbis from the back to the front. What are you trying to be quick for? Because Torah Sibur. The people are standing waiting for the rabbis to get to their places. So therefore, for Torah Sibur, they allowed them to be carried in the normal fashion.